You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. I don't know if we can keep doing this, Fitz. Showing up on Mondays after my team gets a win, despite being the lowest level of trash in the league, and your team that you predicted to be second division and a <laughs> playoff team uh, arriving with zero wins thus far. And you know, yet, here we are. You know what we're going to do? But as the year goes on, I'm just going to, we're going to start every Monday with me saying, What's a win like, Sarah? What, what Tell me it, what's a what win. What does it feel like? What's a win? I don't know how many more I'm going to have, so I have to enjoy them as well. <laughs> um, but so far, so good. Uh, we're going to talk about Fitz's sadness for sure. Uh, but we got to get to some other weird things that happened yesterday. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. The good news is I am in Bristol in person, so I can actually make you feel better in person instead yeah. of from my radio closet in Chicago. You know what? I feel like this is going to be a magical two hours because we get Monday Night Football and we get to relive some of the uh, the other teams' pain other and heartache. things so, that yeah. happened. Uh, speaking of heartache, the Chargers got worked by the Jaguars. Um, this is one of several Sunday surprises that we got yesterday as we're trying to put together the sort of tiers in the NFL and figure out which teams are actually good, which teams' records might be a bit of a mirage, and which teams are you know, probably going to be about the matchup week in and week out as to how they look. I would not have predicted the Jaguars putting a hurting on the Chargers, regardless of injury or anything else. I mean, this development from Jacksonville is going a lot faster than I expected. Yeah, well, before the season started, I remember we talked a little about Trevor Lawrence and how this could be a big transcendent year for him. Then you think about what we got at the beginning of the year. And even a few days ago, when asked the question of who the best team in the AFC South is, my answer was, I'm not ready to say that about the Jags. I think in fairness, that's because you're waiting to see what it looks like. And the more you see... The more you say, holy, you know what? Like Doug Peterson obviously has the right temperature to be able to handle Trevor Lawrence the right way. He went, what, 28 to 39, three touchdowns to three different receivers, no interceptions. But this is also largely about, yet again, the Chargers getting bit by the injury bug like they always do. And the Jags go out and say, hey, guess what? We're ascending. And the Chargers look like they're falling apart a little bit. I was stunned to see the Chargers look that poor in a game that Justin Herbert played in. And I was stunned to see the offense for the Jags look this just in control at all times. Yeah, and I think, obviously, I'm not not concerned about the Chargers as a team if they're healthy. The question is... What happens with Joey Bosa and that groin injury? What happens with Herbert and the injury? You know, I know that they can say it's going to take a while for it to heal. It can't get much worse. I never really believe that, particularly an injury that sounds as painful as it does. Fractured rib cartilage, like, I feel like it can get worse if you get sacked over and over again. If you get hit repeatedly, it's going to be even tougher to play through. Um, and I just, I think we'll talk about it later for sure, but... You know, especially with the the point differential there, I don't know why he was still in there. Well, and I watched as I was in the Uber uh, headed towards Nissan Stadium. I watched. <laughs> uh, oh God, it just hurts saying that out loud. Uh, I watched a little bit of our Sunday countdown, and Hasselbeck was talking about having had the same injury, and he took the same pain injection. And he came back and he played. And he said it's one of the regrets of his career wow. that he came back because he said he was never the same the rest of the year. I kept thinking about that because we watched Justin Herbert and look, this game was out of control. Why is he still in there taking any hits, even if he's numbed when the, the consequence of those hits we may not know for days at this point? So, you know, for a team that, that now was also having to deal with the fact that uh, Rashawn Slater, their their Pro Bowl left tackle, is out for the season. I mean, 
everything has gotten more difficult for the Chargers in the last few weeks. And this butt whooping is a little bit of a statement of where they're headed right now because of injuries and a huge statement to the fact that I think Jacksonville clearly is right now the best team in the AFC South. Talk about a great opportunity for Doug Peterson to rehab that image. He was the quarterback guy with the Eagles, and there was sort of that just sort of strange ending to his tenure there. And this is obviously a great great place for him to land with a great quarterback in Trevor Lawrence where he can um, prove just what a disaster Urban Meyer was last <laughs> year. It only makes me happier. Agreed. It's Spain and Fitz. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's get to the other biggest surprise. The winless Colts who could not do anything through the first two weeks of the season, beat the Chiefs, the team that I had probably, you know, solidly at second in the league behind only the Bills. What the hell happened? Uh, Yeah, uh, this was stunning to me. And for anyone that says they saw this coming, if I went back before (laughs) week one and said, by the way, the Colts are going to be 1-1-1, and and the one win will come over the Chiefs, y'all would have laughed at me. Like, this was the weirdest... Uh, I mean, when you watch the Colts play defense, they went man-to-man against these wide receivers, and they didn't rely on a lot of help. They basically said, our guy's going to beat your guy, and they did that. Mahomes missed a couple throws he doesn't usually miss. It was a little out of rhythm, but this is this was about the Colts defense stepping up and saying, we think we got the dogs to compete with your dogs. We don't usually see that, and I don't know that there's a big plot that moves forward for Kansas City. You know, this isn't some new way to defend them, I don't think. But, man, this was a statement win for Matt Ryan, who needed this with the Colts. And he had some early fumbles in the game, and it was looking pretty ugly. Uh, I do think a couple takeaways for sure. Some shaky special teams play from Casey. Obviously, the backup kicker was was an issue. Um, and then that interesting mahomes enemy exchange. I don't want to blow it up too much. It's what everybody's talking about. Everybody likes the hot goss instead of trying to break down X's and O's. There is something there, though, because we've heard about this relationship being a little bit uh, tense before. And so actually witnessing it and how it might have affected their play calling and their execution before the half, I mean, it ended up potentially having an effect on the outcome of the game. I, I think there's a real point there. And by the way, Aaron Judge is about to lead off the Yankees game. We'll keep you updated on that uh, as it as it happens. Ooh, look at all these TVs. Yeah, we have I'm a not in a closet today. Yeah, I can see the all closet, the things. So, and... uh, you know, th- this is this is the magic of it. Devin, it looks like Devin's trying to say something to me. Devin, just say it on the mic. I don't know what you're talking about, buddy. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's giving me hand signals. I'm not going to this uh, hot route. What are we audible in? Yeah, let's go to let's go to his at bat right now. Okay. All right, let's do it. And what Susan said is really important. Then they have all this week and all next week, basically, to get their bullpen, their pitching straight. Uh, here is Judge. Here is Gossman. And the pitch, a breaking ball, is inside 1 0. Judge at 314, 60 homers, 128 RBIs. Susan gave you the good stats that he has on Gossman. I'll be a 1 0, and the pitch is strike. And the count 1 and 1. First pitch was 94 miles an hour. Remember, speed's great for pitching, not for driving. Vision Zero Initiative reminds you that speeding ruins lives, so slow down. Give you Gossman's numbers. They're really good, much better than 12 and 10. Pitch is low, but Gossman is 12 and 10. Good ERA, 3.32. His numbers, though, are really good, and I'll give them to you after a pitch or two to judge. Now, here's the 2-1. 
And the right-hander deals. Line to right center field. There's a base hit. Cut off in the alley by Hernandez. So Judge is on with a hard single to right. And that'll bring up Anthony Rizzo. Well, Gossman, 29 games and starts 165 innings. Well, we heard it. Batting average goes up, yeah. but uh, we're still waiting on that big homer. I wish he had swung on and just driven it during that ad read for uh, <laughs> speeding kills lives. Speeding kills it. It's steep to the yeah. WFAN on the call, by the way. It would so. be the uh, it would be the new uh, it would be the new, and that's a deep drive to left Castellanos. <laughs> Uh, if we got that during that historic call. Uh, all right, so yeah, we'll we'll get back to some of the surprises, including that that Chiefs loss to the Colts and also Dolphins-Bills. Uh, that felt like a playoff game, especially at the end when they were all passing out like they'd finished the mile or something uh, in the Olympics. I mean, that home field advantage in Miami and that heat, that's, mm-hmm. that's I felt a little of that in Nissan's day. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a moment. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive <laughs> Insurance. Get renter's insurance to protect the things that make your place a home, including coverage for theft or damage. Visit Progressive.com. Yeah, well, I was uh, hanging out here in Connecticut going to a music fest. Fitz... Did a very long, very difficult, very uh, tense trip with the hopes of seeing his team's first win. Uh, Spoiler alert, they lost. We'll get into it next. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. They get it off. Carr throws short. Batted away. It was hit by Cole, and then Byard knocked it down. It's 24-22 with a minute. 14 to go, but the Titans will have to survive an onside kick. That's Mike Keith, the voice of the Tennessee Titans on 104.5 The Zone in Nashville. Mike, I love you, but I hate listening to that call. It's Spain mm. and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Like, get us a GIF or something that'll cheer me up. I don't know. At Spain and Fitz. Uh, at, it's, it's definitely GIF. <laughs> At Sarah Spain, <laughs> at Jason Fitz. That's what you get to us on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Uh, look, I, I would even argue usually GIF, GIF with Sarah, but I don't have the energy left because what I, I did. Like, so I, I finished my shows, and because of uh, somebody got sick on Saturday, so I ended up pulling double duty on Saturday. Oh, wow. So I, I finished, I got home at, like, I don't know, about one in the morning, um, you know, wind down from a long Saturday of college football coverage, went to bed at about two, alarm went off at four so that I could drive to the airport. So that I can get in a car, uh, so that I could fly to Nashville, so I could get in a car. Takes me right to the stadium. I get out. I go to the stadium. I uh, I walk in, and I'm like, "This is going to be great. It's going to be fine. It's going to be it's going to be awesome." Titans are trash, so this is going to yeah, be, be an easy, easy win. Game, yeah. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And I walk all the way down to like I had a good seat. I'm not going to lie, I had a good seat. Didn't really factor in at first. I didn't think I'd be sitting where I was, so I didn't factor in the fact that I was wearing all black and I was like 10 rows off the field in the lower bowl where the temperature on the field was well over 100 degrees. I'm baking in that. I'm drinking water because the thought of alcohol doesn't sound good at all. And I'm, I'm, I'm watching my Raiders fall, and it, it brings me to my opportunity to be mad about something. Jason Fitz has something on his mind. They're stuck in mediocre irrelevance. And he needs to get it off his chest. I have a massive problem with the same coaches that get paid and have unlimited cash available to their staffs talking about equality in college football is the reason that young college football players can't be paid. It's time for Throwing a Fitz on Spain and Fitz. I got a couple of huge problems, Sarah. Number one, the Raiders are 0-3. And if I told you going into the season that they'd be 0-3, but 
each of the three games they lost, they would have the ball in the offense's mm. hand with the opportunity to win or tie the game, and they would be 0-3. You'd realize that this is the this is the equivalent of sitting at a table. You're, you're playing in Vegas. You're winning. You're winning. You're winning. You're like, everything's good. Last year, won seven games on walk-off, a new record. This year, that is regressing, to use the Bill Barnwell, to the means. As I watched uh-huh. just for the third straight week, get kicked in the no-no places. Raiders had the chance to tie it with the two-point conversion. Can't get it done. Yeah, they made uh... – they made Derrick Henry look vintage, too. Oh. Um, that was one of the worst parts of this. You're looking at a Titans team that we have spent the first two weeks of the season just talking about how they've fallen off that cliff. This is the last run for Tannehill and Henry. They're not going to be re-upped. This is going to be a massive rebuild. This team's got nothing. And then they go against your team, and you make them look good. Mm. There was a, a fan, and I'll get to another fan in a moment, but there was a fan sitting uh, next to me, and he just start, screamed at one point. He was like, hey – I don't know who this Henry guy is, but you might want to stop him. <laughs> might want to stop him. It was a uh, Josh McDaniels said in the press conference that they were going to play zone to try and stop some of the run, and that just led too many open holes. The defense looked completely incapable of stopping it, and by the time they figured it out, it was halftime, and they were already in a massive hole. And so I watched the Raiders come out and just be awful. But I, I will quickly say, I hope the guy that was sitting next to me is listening to ESPN Radio right now because the guy that was sitting next to me He's from the Bay Area. He had his kid with him. His kid was the cutest kid. His kid was talking about football. His kid was trying to break down the plays, what was happening, predicting, running past. I tried to occupy the time of his kid because this dad was so busy MFing all of the players (laughs) from about 10 rows back where they could hear it, telling them what losers they are in the loudest language possible, and then loudly screaming how over the season was in the first quarter. Dude, what was the point? Why did you bring your kid all the way across country to sit there and be that guy? Even though people around him said, stop using the language, he kept going with it. And you can only GD so many times with your kid sitting right there. Other Raiders fans were uncomfortable with this guy. If you are looking around the room and you don't know who the guy is, it's probably Probably. you. I hope that guy was listening. Those people are the worst. He stinks. Yeah, those people are the worst. I want to ask you, uh, because you mentioned McDaniels, uh, how you feeling about that hire? Because uh, our, our buddy Angry Bears fan, Dad Man, forwarded along a tweet that sounds pretty accurate uh, from Wiseman Sucks. I'm convinced that Josh McDaniels is still working for Belichick by destroying other AFC teams from the inside. If only he had like 30 more head coaches like him. Yeah, this is it's not good. Like this team lacks any real identity, you know, and that's, I think, the hardest part. I, I, I say this all the time with football teams. I want to know on third and whatever, what you're going to do. And I thought that Devontae Adams was going to be the identity. Had five catches in this game for, I think, 36 yards. You talk about that the week after he had two catches. There were large portions of the game where they just weren't even trying. And I know he was doubled. I saw one stat that he was doubled, at least doubled on 95% of the plays. And that's awesome. But he's still Devontae, and you still got to pump it to him deep somewhere. And an inability to even try and run the ball with any focus. Like, this offense just feels lost. That being said... Uh, over oversimplification. Good teams find a way to win. Bad teams find a way to lose. Every week, there's been a different person. And this week, it was Darren Waller, who in the first quarter ran a route that just disrupted Devontae Adams and then drops the ball when it hit him in the hands and it shouldn't have been there. He dropped a long pass later. Would have been a tough catch, but usually the kind he makes. He tipped a pass up into the end zone that turned into an interception. Darren Waller had a bad game. And and the thing of it is, when you're living in that, that millimeter line between excellence and terrible – one one star player that's getting that bag having that game is the difference between win and loss. Yeah. Well, 0-3, oh 
They are the only 0-3 team currently in the NFL. Let's talk about I love a good that, comeback story. <laughs> that maybe won't make you so mad. It's Spain and Fitz, Air Spain, Jason Fitz. Um, there are a couple teams that I think we're being tricked by right now when it mm. comes to their record versus who they actually are. The Broncos come to mind. I don't think the Broncos are a very good team. Last night was hideous. Um, statistically, it was embarrassing. Hey, cheers to Dan Orlovsky, though. He can yes. now say, like, Dan can now say he is the second most attractive quarterback to ever to run ever, out of the back yeah, of an end exactly. zone. Like, that is exactly. no, no doubt about that. I believe that. he tweeted out something like uh, freedom yeah. or something like that for uh, finally not being the only guy who, who's made that move. Um, I think the Giants are a team. We'll see tonight how real that 2-0 and record is. The NFC West, man. NFC West, the Rams are two and one, and every other team in there is one and two. And that was a conference that la- or division that last year we were like, could three teams from this division all be in the in the postseason? This is a great group of teams. The Niners, I, I was surprised to see Jimmy G look like that and that team look like that against the Broncos, who are not well coached thus far and don't look like they've got much to me. Yeah, I love the Spider-Man meme of Jimmy G pointing at uh, Russ, and yeah. it's like, which one's which? But you're right, and we could all, just as a general population, afford to take this week and save it for next year in June when we're playing the schedule game where you're looking at it saying, oh, (laughs) because it wasn't that long ago that the NFC West and the AFC West were supposed to be two great divisions. And right now, neither of them just look Mm -hmm. good. Like, I'm with you. I don't think Arizona is a threat to to really anybody. And the one win that they have on their schedule was a comeback against the Raiders that was a regrettable (laughs) moment for for Vegas, you know. And uh, the, the Seahawks don't look good at all. So you can just go up and down the list. And in the AFC West, the Broncos don't look good. We talked about the Chargers being bad. The Raiders are the only winless team. And the Chiefs drop an inexcusable game to the Colts. So I think the Bengals are better than one and two, assuming that they clean some stuff up. I agree up. with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's too early right now. You know how there's always that graphic that shows by, like, near the end of the season, there's a team that beat this team that beat this team that makes a complete circle? Mm-hmm. We're going to have that by, like, week five. Yeah, <laughs> like. There's no doubt about that. Be a part of Spain and Fitz Nation with the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Tweet us at Sarah Spain at Jason Fitz. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. I deserve one of those. Did you just turn Southern? Yeah, uh, all the yeah. Well, I was in Nashville for like 24 hours. That's what happened. What's the latest on Tua Tungavaloa and his health? We'll ask the great Jeremy Fowler when he joins us next. It's Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. You can always hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, at Spain and Fitz, at Sarah Spain, at Jason Fitz. Only send Fitz nice things today. Things are already rough enough. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Your small business keeps you on the go. Progressive Commercial Insurance keeps your policy within reach with their easy-to-use mobile app. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. We got butt punts. We got the Jags. Getting a surprising win. We got the Chiefs losing at the Colts. Jeremy Fowler's here to try to help us figure out what the heck happened in the NFL yesterday. ESPN senior NFL reporter. Hey, which are the good teams in the NFL right now? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out, Sarah. I will say you mentioned the Jaguars. Like, you know, they're beating people down right now. I mean, they yeah. look really good. I think a lot of those draft picks that uh, they've taken the last few years and had the fortune uh, of taking very high in the draft, and those guys are. are coming together at the right time you know so trevor lawrence looks good and uh you know i would still sell pretty high on the eagles and dolphins and some of those teams i think um yeah i don't know if they can keep it up but uh the rosters are strong i think that's what you're seeing like with the common thread of these good teams 
right now is that you know they've drafted well and they've picked up good free agents and so it's all it's not necessarily just about the quarterback but the overall roster strength you didn't say the bills but i'm going to assume that you mean them uh that secondary was obviously a big issue uh and i think, yeah. I think they'll be back uh how surprised were you yeah, in i that? think they'll be fine yeah that game uh to see Tua come back from that injury certainly seemed like it was a concussion and then we were later told it was an ankle and a back that was the shock yeah, I think it was a shock to everyone, including the NFL Players Union, which uh, initiated an, an investigation of this. You know, I think that's just sort of a common sense call by them. You know, they saw that and wondered what was going on. Um, the Dolphins have been uh, pretty pretty clear that uh, Tua said he had a back injury, and they did testing, and, and everything supported that it was a back and not neurologically based. And I think that's what the investigation will try to find out. They'll talk to people and. Uh, they'll make some phone calls and review all the tape and everything involved, and then they'll decide if there's any sort of punishment warranted. So I think everybody involved is hopeful that the Dolphin story is correct. Jeremy Fowler's with us. You can follow him at Jay Fowler ESPN. The Saints offense is absolutely anemic. How much of their struggles do you attribute to Jameis not being healthy, or do you think it's just not a great football team? Well, um, you know, there's a lot of talent there, at least at wide receiver, and so – I think they'll be fine. Um, look, you can't discount the loss of Sean Payton. I mean, this guy was one of the best play callers of the last 20 years. So when he's out, there's an adjustment early on. And I do think Jameis' back is playing a part in this for sure. Um, you know, I was told that he's just been in a lot of discomfort the last few weeks to the point where it's hard to get in and out of the car, you know. Mm-hmm. So that, that has to play a role. I mean, you saw with Justin Herbert, too. He didn't look right uh, on the rib injury. So probably a, a confluence of issues and um it, it the issue is scoring though is just really odd you know because they're moving the ball late in the game but first three quarters they can't even get a field goal really jeremy let's talk about the latest news that it actually popped up uh while we were prepping for the show today uh miles garrett involved in a one car yeah. accident any new information that you're getting on his status and what the injuries might be so just that uh you know he's it's not believed to be anything serious on the injury front with him. And our Browns reporter, Jake Trotter, talked to Ohio Highway Patrol, which said that uh, any sort of um, impairment is not a concern here. Hmm. So that's good news. And, you know, I think they'll investigate it and see if there's anything else going on. Uh, but, but it sounds like, you know, just one of those sort of, uh, you know, unfortunate incidents that, that happened randomly coming out of Browns practice. Yeah. Um, For those who haven't seen, he crashed his Porsche. Uh, Apparently the vehicle went off the side of the road, flipped over before coming to arrest, and he was in the car with a female passenger. Like you said, no drugs or alcohol suspected. So we're waiting on more news on Miles Garrett and his status. We're talking to Jeremy Fowler here on Spain and Fitz, ESPN senior NFL reporter. What are you looking for tonight between the surprising 2-0 Giants and the Cooper Rush Cowboys? Ooh, yes. It, I, I, when you say surprising 2-0 Giants, I don't even know how to process that. That was not my expectation <laughs> going into the year. Um, but I would say, Sarah, I'm looking at this, the running game of the Giants with Saquon Barkley. Uh, Brian Dable has committed to it, which I think you do when you don't have an elite quarterback. You commit to a good running back if you have one. And so that's what they're doing with 48 touches in two games. I want to see if they can keep it up, um, see if Micah Parsons and, and Dallas' defense can kind of force – Saquon to uh, be shut down and, and make Daniel Jones play quarterback and see if they can win that way. One of the surprising results yesterday was the Chargers, and obviously now even more injury news. And 
I think Mina described the Chargers as like buying a house in which someone was murdered. Yeah. Um, like there's just something that's gonna gonna haunt you about what seems like a great yeah. a great gig and a great team. Um, so what did you make of Justin Herbert's play, and did you think it was the right move to have him in there? Well, I, I don't know if it was the right move per se, but it was one of those issues where it's going to take a while to heal, but I don't think it was going to necessarily get worse. Uh, so they made that calculation and, and figured, okay, he can play. Uh, probably wasn't the ideal call to have him in there at the end of the game when it was clearly out of hand. Um, and, you know, look, he played Case Keenum, or excuse me, not Case Keenum, uh, Chase Daniel. If he started him in the game, then maybe the team would have rallied around him a little bit mm. and tried to uh, up their play. Instead, everybody was just flat, you know. That, that's no fault of Justin Herbert's, but um, it was just a, a weird game where a team that's supposed to be a contender just looked out of sorts. And, uh, yes, I, it, I, I think he'll be fine. I, I've heard that he, he's had no major effects coming out of the game. It's just a pain tolerance thing that's going to be that way for a while. At Jay Fowler, ESPN is where you can follow him. Speaking of quarterback injuries, word on Mac Jones is a high ankle sprain. Do you have any more information about how much time he might be out for? Yeah, Sarah, so I think Mac Jones will definitely miss this game. But, I, you know, I talked to somebody involved. They said they're not really committing to any sort of timeline outside of that. And publicly, they won't even confirm that he's out for this game. Uh, but, you know, I'm hearing it shouldn't be a season ender. And, uh, you know, surgery is, is not considered likely right now. It's just going to take a while. But... Matt Jones is a guy that's, that I don't think has missed a game in college or even dating back to high school. Like, he's just been really durable. So he's going to probably try to get back as soon as he can. So it should be Brian Hoyer this week, most likely, and then they'll go from there. I had high expectations for the Packers this year, despite changes to the receiving core and the need to get uh, a little bit more chemistry between Rodgers and those guys. But they've got a minus eight-point differential through three games uh, for the second half of those games. I, I don't think yesterday's win really gave you much hope or yeah. belief in them. It was sort of just like they were the lesser of two teams that didn't look great. What are you seeing yeah. right now from the Packers? Yeah, I do think you're spot on, Sarah. Yeah, I guess the the only the, the hope comes from just the you know the culture they have there. You know, they've, they've won for a long time. You know, they they know how to run an operation with a good offensive line, good running backs, Aaron Rodgers. And, and the, de- the defense is really loaded up. I mean, that's a very good defense. So um, if you're looking for the, the fireworks of the passing game, it's just probably not going to happen for a while. Although Romeo Dobbs' draft pick they really like showed some glimpses. But um, they've also been injured, too. Like, just when they were starting to get excited about Sammy Watkins, he gets hurt and is out for a month. So um, it's just a team that's going to have to kind of grind out wins for a little bit. But now the floor – two straight 13 win seasons. And, you know, I've talked to some people around the league who said, just watch, they're going to end up winning like 12 games and he's going to win coach of the year. Like, cause that's just <laughs> kind of been how it's been over there. On the other side, the Bucks also disturbing. You just don't usually see something like that with Tom Brady and that offense, yeah. not being able to even get the playoff. Um, how much can this be fixed by health of guys that they need to get back that he, that he wants to be out there with and more time spent with these backups. If that's who's going to have to be out there for a while. Yeah, it's probably a combination of things. I mean, it sounds like Julio Jones will should be back this week. And then, you know, Cole Beasley's in the mix now, Russell Gage. Mike Evans will be back from suspension. So I think they'll finally feel whole again. Uh, so we'll see what they can do starting week four. Um, you know, the odd man out right now is still Chris Godwin, who could, you know, miss another week. But he should be back fairly soon. So it's still an offense with, with a very high upside. And we know the defense is good and showed it yesterday. So 
it's a team with a lot of roster talent, so I'm, I'm not going to count them out, but something is off offensively. And Tom Brady's 45. I mean, that just that can't be discounted, even though he has uh, overcome that so many times. Um, you know, the, the drop-off is going to happen eventually. All right, last question for you. We're talking to Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL reporter. Pro Bowl has officially changed many, many years after many other folks thought it should. Uh, what do yeah. you like? What do you not like about the new format? Yeah, I had to pour one out uh, this morning when I saw <laughs> that. You know, it was just a, it was a sad day. Um, but it's well, I was at the meetings a couple months back, and they sort of teased this, so it was coming. It was depending on when. You know, I thought maybe they'd mull it around a little bit longer, but I, I think it was pretty clear cut that. The game as it stood just just wasn't generating enough interest, and it was a health issue. Guys just didn't want to tackle, you know. So, I think flag can be good. It doesn't necessarily absolve players from injury, though. Like with the running and cutting, and you're throwing the ball over the middle, and the guy doesn't have a helmet. Like I still think there's some risk there. So, it will probably be more about you know the other game, some of the ancillary games, whether it's dodgeball or, um, you know, they can bring it back to like elementary school where you, you know, like a sack hop or you can run with the, the spoon. With an egg on it, you know, like maybe they'll, they'll come up with some of those race. games. Yeah, with yeah, a really, yeah, really yeah, tall exactly. guy, really short guy. Uh, my track and field <laughs> friend suggested basically a decathlon, and with my heptathlon background, I would be here for it. I want to see these guys try to throw the jab and triple jump and all that good stuff. I'm sure there'll be plenty they, they, you of know, suggestions. They would probably be terrible at it, I bet, too, Yeah, yeah. With, with no training. Uh, well, thanks for the update. Uh, I love the insight on a crazy Sunday. Appreciate the time, Jeremy. Hey, anytime, Sarah. Thanks. You can follow him at Jay Fowler ESPN coming up on Spain and Fitz here. We'll recap our picks from the weekend. Uh, not we great, to? Bob. Not <laughs> great. It's coming up next. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All right. You know, there are certain things that I should learn to expect. I should learn to expect that uh, the Raiders going to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you would think that'd be ingrained in me. I tweeted this out, Sarah. But you know, people asked me when I first started in sports. They were like, "Oh my God, are you worried that covering sports professionally, which is already a stretch, <laughs> is going to quell your love of Sundays and watching the Raiders play and the fun you have during that?" I think they overstated the fun portion of that. You forget that I just watch. You know, I watch a loss every week. I should also be used to the fact that I don't pick games well. I don't know why I keep trying to gamble on things. Like it's, <laughs> I might as well just take money and throw it at a good cause somewhere because all I'm doing is throwing it right now. I mean, uh, I like it because it's entertaining for me because I get to experience your mood shifts and your highs and lows without uh, any deleterious effects to me. I just get to watch from afar as you're like, hey, I won five dollars on this, and then next year you're like, I lost everything. I lost hundreds. <laughs> So this and this is the problem. I nickel and dime my way up, and then all of a sudden I decide like I'm like yeah things are good. Uh-huh. Let's just throw it. Oh okay. Speaking of throwing, I'm gonna throw now to Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is at the plate. Let's see what he does. It's easier on the road. You don't get fifty thousand people with the noise and then the quiet and the phones. But before the game, as Gossman deals one zero to Judge. And the pitch low 2-0. Before the game, he was out. Every every game, Judge will go to one place in the stands and sign for little kids. So he did that today, and he was out there, and he took BP. You know, normal day. You try and stay as normal and keeping your routine as much as you can. 2-0, line hard, foul down the left field line. And on the count, 2-1. and one.
You know, the best thing about Judge, where everyone is, the world is waiting for him to hit a home run, but he's gotten his walks and base hits. That's, well, he's that's, done very well. That's who he is. That's, that's why he's hitting three, now, 315. 2-1. Cut on a on a splitter, and then the count two and two. He's hitting 316 now after that hit in the first inning. Here's the 2 2. And the breaking ball's low and away. 3 and 2. See, if Judge walks here, oh, I didn't know a home run. But actually, it would be a good start for the Yankee lineup. I only care about wins. I'm a little different. Oh, I'd love to see him hit it. I, 61 and then 62. But the biggest thing is for the Yankees to clinch tonight. The 3 2 is low ball four, so Judge is on again. Well, they're <laughs> booing Bossman. That's WFAN, the Yankees radio network on the call, Spain and Fitz. And uh, look, we got to walk. Well, every time he goes yeah. to bat, we're going to make sure that you guys get it. I'm also pretty sure that the Canadian fans, known for their niceness, at least a couple were chanting overrated. Yeah. And I don't know if there's ever been a more inaccurate chant at a sporting event of all time. That's that's probably the intent, right? They're like super nice Canadians sat down. They're like, let's just be ironic yeah. with our chant. Yeah, yeah. Nobody could take it seriously. Kind of like my picks as we get back to that. <laughs> uh, to recap, the, the ESPN radio shows are all competing against each other. And I'm now saying competing lightly because we go back and forth. And it was my week to make the picks this week. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, on my week to make the picks, not only did I go... 0-3 oh, uh, on my picks overall on the ESPN Radio Network picks, but also 1-4 uh, and four overall. The only comfort that I have, Sarah, is that you and I agreed on all these picks. I know. Picks. It's not uh, comforting for me. I knew in the moment <laughs> that I was making a very big mistake. Just uh, the, the Bills minus 6 was one pick at the Dolphins. We all saw how that one went. Oops. I can defend that a little bit, though, and say, okay, you know, you didn't know with the injuries in the secondary what it was going to be like. Mm -hmm. I could try and justify my mm -hmm. way into that one. Uh, Packers at Bucks. I had the Bucks minus one there. So swing and a miss. And then uh, the Niners. Uh, yeah, the that Broncos. one was the most surprising of them all to me. I mean, I, I, look, the, I thought the Niners would win the game. I also didn't think we'd end up with, you know, an 11 11 deep hunts. Yeah, I mean, what are we doing? Right. I, the offense in that is still going to stand out to me because I'm not buying the argument that it's a backup quarterback. I, I know Jimmy G is a backup quarterback. Right. But Shanahan and Jimmy G have had success together. a lot better. That mm -hmm. was awful. That was, that was Yeah. And then we know what happened to your Raiders, which somehow you made played. me believe in your Raiders enough I, to pick the minus two at the Titans. But the Titans also made me believe in the Titans losing. Yeah. And then they showed up. I tried. We did get one right. Which one was that, Fitz? I can't. The screen's so bad. Oh, let me oh. help out. Let me help out. It was the Bears. Yeah, Texans. It was the Bears, the Bears minus two and a half, beating the Texans and getting to two and one. Can we just take a second and say that whatever Roquan wants, Roquan should get? <laughs> like, I think the number was 16 tackles in the game yesterday. Yeah. I mean, just. And the pick. There mm -hmm. are very few linebackers in the modern NFL concept, in my mind, that just are front of mind in everything they do. And my God, like he he was all over the field. And look, it's the Texans, but the Texans have been pluckier this year than most mm -hmm. most people expected. Like Lovey has the Texans playing really well. Davis Mills is trying to play his way into that job. It was tied twenty to twenty late. It took a a, a great interception uh, that then turned around and gave the Bears the opportunity to win the game, and they did. So mm -hmm. kudos to Chicago because it was the only game we got right. Also, it's not a good team. 
they're doing well in spite of not having a lot of talent, in spite of it being a clear full rebuild where they had little cap space to work with and not a great roster and had to start fresh after what the previous regime gave them. And the fact that they're 2-1, and one, regardless of the monsoon week one and then the fact that the Texans aren't very good, I'll take it. And you're right about Roquan. I mean, I'm sure the Bears are maybe chuckling to themselves like, oh, it's working out perfectly. <laughs> he's playing for that money and he's proven that he's earned it. So when we do give it to him, we'll feel good about it and so will he. Um, speaking of feeling good about it, uh, I, all weekend after that news hit about Ime Odoka, um, was it Thursday night? We did our show Friday or maybe it was Wednesday it was night. Wednesday we did our night. show Thursday cause we were off on Friday and I expected us to know more by now, especially cause of the number of former NBA players who were on their social media saying like, I know what happened and oh my God, it's so much crazier than you ever thought. Like it's blah, blah, blah. I'm surprised one of those quote-unquote reporters now, media members now, hasn't leaked it or that we haven't heard it. And what it ends up is that the the Celtics have their media day today. And here's Jason Tatum, for instance, kind of showing that the players were blindsided too. Shit on Twitter, like everybody else. Um, And then, yeah, it it is. Uh, It's just an unfortunate situation. You know, all things considered, you know, nobody expected this, um, you know, coming into the season. And, you know, we were all kind of caught off guard um, by everything. Um, but, you know, we we got to try to move forward and, um, you know, play basketball. Sounds a bit defeated, but for the players to find out on Twitter – and I feel like now they, they've got to know because I'm calling Richard Jefferson and Matt oh, yeah. Barnes. I'm calling all the players who say they know if I'm one of those players. And now they have to sort of hide it, too. All the more reason, though, that I, I think Stephen A. was absolutely wrong on first take last 100%. week when he said that the Celtics leaked it. There's no way they leak it without leaking it to their players mm-hmm. first. So, absolutely. We'll get you more updates on that. But we got to get you set for Monday Night Football with a pair of interviews direct from MetLife Stadium. We'll do it next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz. The podcast.